When Stefan Harris plays the vibraphone, the effect is intoxicating. Each stroke of the mallet hangs in the air, filling the room with warm ripples of sound. Harris has been making a name for himself on the vibraphone and marimba since 1996. Only three years into his career, the LA Times hailed him as one of the most important young faces in modern jazz. In the years following this prophecy, Harris has released six solo records on labels like Blue Note and Concord Jazz. He's a member of the international supergroup SF Jazz Collective, and he's played with musical greats like Ry Cooter and Joe Henderson. I'm Josh Landis with Jazz Stories. In 2001, Ave Carrillo spoke with Stefan about a life steeped in passion for music. His ferocious talent as a multi-instrumentalist began with the piano. I don't know if I'd say piano was my first instrument. I might say the pots and pans were my first instrument. <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to set up the pots and the pans and bang on them like they were a drum set beating on the side of the couches and things. But, you know, the first traditional instrument <laughs> that I played was uh, the piano. And I was uh, actually self-taught at the piano and I taught myself to read music as well. My uh, family, we moved into an apartment where someone left a piano behind. <laughs> an old, raggedy, horrible piano, out of tune, and it had some, some uh, elementary-level music books in the bench. I wasn't able to necessarily understand the, the writer's explanation of the notes, but I followed the pictures that were there and ended up with a, a new system of my own, <laughs> you know, through the eyes of a six-year-old. But when I got to about fourth grade, where you formally take lessons in elementary school, I could already read, so I was a little bit more advanced than the other students. So I started on uh, drums because I, uh, I had asthma really badly. <laughs> so I couldn't play trumpet like, like my brother. I wanted to. I went through the book so quickly that the, the instructor was like, well, why don't you try another instrument? So I started playing the string bass. After that, he says, well, try another one. So then I picked up the bass clarinet and, and it went on like that. So by the time I was in eighth grade, I played all of the band instruments. I played bassoon and trumpet. And I remember my teacher pulling me aside one day and saying, okay, you're going to have to pick something to work on, something, one, maybe two instruments. So I said, okay. It was Christmas Eve, and I was watching a, an orchestra on television. It's the Empire State Youth Orchestra. And I said, wow, you know, I want to be a part of that. So I looked up the uh, name in the phone book and, and got an audition. I auditioned on clarinet and percussion, which were my two strongest instruments at the time. And I got alternate on clarinet, and I got accepted as a percussionist. So that's how I ended up being a percussionist. Though Harris has mastered the percussive arts, he doesn't let his skill blind him. The expression beneath the music remains his highest aspiration. I don't care very much about instruments. I think they're fairly insignificant. I mean, it, my instrument is literally just a collection of metal and wood. It's the story that's coming across is much more important. It has very little to do with instruments. Harris studied classical music at both the Eastman Institute of Rochester and at the Manhattan School of Music. It was only after his formal education ended that his love of jazz cemented his path. When I started to uh, play jazz, I, I was, you know, I started like a lot of younger musicians. I tried to start in the middle. You know, I wanted to learn Coltrane and Charlie Parker and all of that stuff first. And then when I actually discovered Louis Armstrong and Lionel Hampton and, and the uh, earlier musicians, that really put a different spin on my playing. Before I checked that out, I, I, I was sort of transcribing and reiterating phrases from the past and, 
you know, sort of running lines and scales. And then when I checked out Louis Armstrong, it was really amazing to me because he took the most basic structure. If there's a triad, he would be dealing with like three notes, you know, one, two, three, and he could make an absolutely amazing solo out of those basic raw materials. So when I started to check that out, it really strengthened my sense of melody. And then I started to say, okay, let me take these basic elements and spread them out across my instrument. Like a trumpet player probably couldn't play those lines that I'm playing because it would be too taxing on his lip. <laughs> but the vibraphone, it doesn't hurt my lip to, you know, play an interval of a 50th or instead of whatever it may be. And, and actually, so I took uh, something from a Louis Armstrong or a Lionel Hampton and actually made it sound very modern. But when I'm doing that really scattered sort of sound where I'm just skipping across the instrument, I'm actually using extremely basic elements of music, maybe three, four notes at a time and splitting them up. And as they meet in the middle, I might add more twists and turns, a couple of extra notes here and there to sort of put a period on the sentence. Music is a reflection of a person's inner spirit which is ageless. It's been with us since, since our birth. You can look into the eyes of a three-year-old and know what type of man or woman that person will be when they're 40. It's not a matter of me piecing things together when I'm composing. It's a matter of me learning to listen and articulate that spirit which has been with me since my birth. We're supposed to walk out on stage and be observant of how the room feels and go in that direction. I think it's much more interesting to keep the spontaneity there and the sense of community so that even if you're the leader, you're not making all of the decisions. You have to be responding to what everyone else is doing, which is not scripted. <laughs> so that means that none of the musicians on stage really know what's going to happen. And that means that the audience doesn't know what's going to happen. And that, that puts us all in the same boat together. You know, <laughs> I think it makes people feel more included because as we're performing, we're actually discovering things together. Stefan Harris on the soul, spirit, and story of jazz. It's a terrible analogy, but it's people say, I've heard someone say that it's almost like being a drug addict. You know, you get that high and then every other time you're like chasing it. You're trying to get back to it, you know? <laughs> Vibraphonist Stefan Harris. This is Jazz Stories, the music and the words of the makers. Find more podcasts at jalc.org. We're also on iTunes. Jazz Stories is produced at Murray Street with support from Jazz at Lincoln Center. If you like what you hear, Try it in person. Come by the House of Swing or catch the orchestra on tour. I'm Josh Landis. <laughs>